Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As parents, we need to be more involved in the educational process of our children. Welcome to Chalk Talk with your host, Eric Hamilton. The three pillars of Eric's approach to parent engagement are academics, accountability, and advocacy, which empower parents to better support success at the child, school, and system level. And now, here is Eric Hamilton. Hello, America. And listeners around the world, my name is Eric Hamilton, and I'm your host of Chalk Talk. Chalk Talk is designed by an educator, and the purpose of my show for new listeners is to provide answers for questions that parents have about education. And if you have any questions or any comments or anything that you would like to share on this show, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to call in or sending an email as well to schoolwise.com and you will have a chance to voice your opinions. The show that I'm going to do today comes from a place of, of pain. People in America, particularly those individuals who have been affected by absolute terror in the state of Connecticut, this show is designed to give parents an opportunity on how to address this difficult question that everyone in America is talking about. As I put together this show, I, I thought about all of the commentary that's been circulating. And I, I watch and I listen to what we're talking about on TV. What are the experts saying? And I have a lot of opinions about that. I have some very strong opinions about how do we break this down for our young people? What's appropriate? It's a very difficult conversation to have. Uh, those who follow my show know that I'm a teacher, so I'm very, uh, very much in the mindset of what teachers go through on a day-to-day basis, and I can only um, imagine what teachers are thinking right now who are actually inside of schools. I'm also a father as well of a fourth-grade child who is in elementary school, and I think about all of these things, and as a parent, and I'm on the front lines coming to you every week talking about issues of education, and even in my training and background, I find it very difficult to address this issue, and I felt like this show would be an avenue for us to begin to talk about, how do we talk about this issue, and I've got some backup for this evening's show. I'll, I'll save that for you in a moment. But I'm, I'm joined uh, with a guest, which I'll introduce shortly. What I would like to really focus on is when we have when we're having this conversation, and in America right now, and particular listeners around the world, if you are wondering what are people talking about in America right now, and my, and the show, how do we talk to children about violence in our society? Not just in the schools, but how do we talk about it in our society? There's violence around young people every day, whether it be through 
television, whether it be through video games, whether it through music that you hear, there seems to be an increase in violence. As a parent, how do you address this issue? Some of you may take the approach that you are, are trying to figure out how to do it, and this terrible, tragic event in Connecticut has almost forced your hand to have that difficult conversation. This show is going to give you some very constructive steps around how to address those issues. As I listen to the commentary from all the different experts, whether you listen to different medias, whether it's CNN, ABC, whatever you want to listen to, there seems to be three dominant issues. And they all lead to one thing. There's a popular issue called gun control. There's an issue called mental health, where people are struggling to define what mental health is. And there's that last one on school security. And if you look at all of those issues, you will clearly see that they all shoot, they all move rather to one thing. And that's fear. That's fear. We are operating out of a source of a place of fear right now. And you will hear from my guests that that's not always a healthy place to operate from, to think from. I'm always advocating on this show about my three pillars, and they are academics, accountability, and advocacy. And as a parent, your task is to constantly move between those three. You're constantly moving between those three. The show is going to give you some constructive ways to think about how you can do those things, even with your child. How do you advocate for your child? How can you advocate for school safety? Um, if you look around right now, there's a lot of commentary that's going on. Former, super, uh, former Secretary of Education William Bennett, who is a Republican, made an interesting commentary that he said he knew that he would be uh, held accountable for. He made a suggestion that should schools now become armed, should we have armed personnel in our schools, there's going to be a ranging of debate. And when I reflect on on this past week, I think about fear. I want to introduce my guest. Her name is Kim Fuller. Kim is a certified life coach. She is owner of Fuller Life Concepts, providing life coaching services to professional women who feel overburdened and who have a desire to change their lives. With a license in marriage and family therapy, she has worked as a catalyst to change lives. Her professional path includes trauma for training, uh, training in trauma and treatment to severely emotional disturbed children and families. And I think, and she's also, she's also a talk show host for, she has a talk show on Voice America called Change is Personal. I'd like to introduce Kim Fuller. Kim, are you there? Yes, I'm here. First of all, welcome, Kim. Thank you for being on the show. Um, look forward to your insights tonight. I really appreciate being a guest. Thank you. Um, after listening to to the intro, and you heard, and you've been hearing uh, things as well, and you look at those three issues, and you look at gun control, you look at mental health, you look at security, school security, they all seem to go to a place of fear where people are afraid. Right. Uh, I want you to think about that, and we're going we're gonna to come back to that. 
tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and why is it, what motivates you to do the type of work that you do for our, our listening audience? Okay, so I am a certified professional life coach. And in my coaching practice, I like to work with people who are motivated for change. And I believe that each of us has the capacity to make changes in our own life. And I also think that each of those changes is personal, which is why my show is called Change is Personal. Another part or compartment of my life is I'm also a marriage and family therapist licensed in the state of California. And I've spent many years working with youth and their families in South and Central Los Angeles, dealing with issues of mental health as well as trauma and other symptoms that go along with that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's exciting for me at this time is that I'm currently facilitating what we call transform groups, and those are groups that are specifically used to identify children who are have experienced trauma, and that could be daily trauma. Um, in their neighborhoods, in their communities. Maybe they're experiencing um, violence at home. And every student that is in this school is impacted by any of the trauma that happens with other students or in the communities. And what we do is we go in and we, we provide groups to those children and teach them how to manage their trauma symptoms. We teach the teachers how to manage their own trauma symptoms as well as support the children in their evolution. And then we also work with the parents of the schools and in the communities and help them figure out what are the best strategies for me to address my own feelings and how do I help to heal my children? And how do we keep from this happening over and over again? What kind of things can we implement into the community to create a sense of safety? And those are the kinds of um, things that I'm really passionate and excited about right now. Okay. Okay. And it, and, and you were a, I thought a perfect fit for this particular show because, and we've had a previous conversation and I addressed to you that, you know, it was very difficult to, to speak on this particular issue. Um, I know that you have an approach and I know that you have a lot that you want to, to share with us. Before we get ready to take our break, I'd like for you to think about what I set up earlier, and that is this debate that we're having. We're going to get to what we talked about is, is how do we talk to children? Uh, I listened to one of your shows, and you were talking about fear, and we're operating out of fear. W- would you say that when we as parents, if we're operating out of fear, that it affects our ability to parent? Absolutely. So that's another element of what I do in my life is I'm also a business and executive coach and I have a business partner named Terry Morgan and one of the basic underlying elements of our business is to help people, managers, leaders, executives no longer manage out of fear because we believe that when you manage out of fear, you get whatever that fear is. If you're afraid that people are not going to respect you so you have a you, you use a gauntlet and you're really firm and you're rigid, then you're going to get people not respecting you. And so there is also this kickback that happens when you do parent out of fear or when you have a relationship based on fear or when you manage out of fear or when you teach out of fear. There are ways to address the fear component, and I think that that's really evident now that we need to 
be careful about how we respond. Is it going to be a response that's going to be useful and helpful and create safety, or is the response going to be out of fear and we're just going to continue to get more fear in the society and more people hurting people? Yes, I I agree with you. And when I sit and listen to the debate that's going on about gun control, and it seems to me that people are afraid, so therefore they need to have guns. Uh, people are who are mentally ill are fearful of something, so they need to find some kind of way to protect themselves. And now what's happening and what's going to happen at the policy level, at the district level, even in individual schools and even in individual classrooms, now schools are going to operate out of fear. We've watched it in Columbine. Now we're watching it in Connecticut. And I can see it as an educator. You can see it as a trained professional in this field. How if we're not careful as parents, we're going to operate out of fear as well. And based on what I've heard you say and what I want you to tell my listening audience, that's not a healthy way to operate. Right. And what I'm going to do is is take uh, my first break. You are listening to Kim Fuller. We're talking about operating out of fear and how do we talk to our children about violence in our society. We'll take our first break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are having difficulty balancing everything in your life, be sure to tune in to Change is Personal with Kim Fuller. Each week, we'll help you do your own self-assessment to handling relationships, family, life challenges, health, and personal goals. Kim and her guests share from experiences and offer advice and resources to keep your life on track. Change is Personal with Kim Fuller can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and start having a fuller life. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. 
please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Uh, Welcome back to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton, and tonight we're talking about how do we talk to children about violence in our society. Uh, The recent events in Connecticut have caused us to, parents are having some difficult conversations about violence in our society. Uh, I am pleased to to be joined with Kim Fuller who is going to give us, and particularly some parents, some really good tips and perspectives on what we should do in this kind of situation. Before we we took our break, uh, Kim, we were talking about the role of parenting and operating out of this place of fear. And right. you, can, you can see it just growing in this country. We are operating out of a place of fear, and you were talking about uh, making decisions out of fear. And you have a particular approach that you talk about on your show. Tell us about your approach. My approach to making changes in ourselves and then making an impact on other parts of our community and our society, I call it the ABCDs. And the A stands for awareness. And that is, it's important for us to be aware of what it is that we're feeling, what it is that we're experiencing, what our body, our mind, our spirit is telling us so that we can begin to go to B, which is what are the behaviors that are influencing us? What behaviors are not getting us towards our goals? What behaviors are keeping us stuck, causing us to make decisions that are not anything that we think we should be making? The C is for choice. So once you have an awareness of what the problem is and where you want to change, then you have B, the behavior and you need to implement new behaviors and new skills in order to get to the new goal. And then C is your choice. So once you have the other, all the information, now you have the opportunity to make a choice. You can choose to make a change in that behavior. You can choose to lead yourself in the direction of your goals and your ultimate dreams. Or you can choose to stay where you are. But now you're at a place of empowerment because you have a choice. And then the D stands for decisions. And I believe that we all have and need support when we make a decision to make changes in our lives. And the support comes from a lot of different places. It can come from within ourselves, our own internal ability to support ourselves, as well as the ability to ask for help and to reach out and get resources from our community, our loved ones, our neighbors, et cetera, that are going to support the changes that we want to make in ourselves that later impact other people in our world and in our community at large. Okay. And, and I, I think it's a very direct approach. I was taken by it when I, I heard you, you talk about it. And what I really like about it is, is that if we could speak to the parenting side. Now you are a, a parent and you know the stresses of what parents are going through. You obviously are, are hearing a lot of the commentary. What yeah. are some of the things, what, what type of tone, what type of conversations should we have? Because we're really trying to address the fear issue. What What are some of the give Give us some examples as to what you think would be very beneficial. Okay, so when we think about fear, 
it's a natural adaptive response that we have to some kind of external stressor. Like mm-hmm. we could be afraid of, um, like say a dog's coming at us and his teeth are, you know, he's showing his teeth. We could be afraid that that dog might bite us, so we might need to run and to keep ourselves safe. And so that's a fear that is rational and that it helps us to adapt to whatever the stimulus that's happening in our lives. But then there's the other kind of fear, and typically those fears could be emotional or they could be what we perceive as real fears. But mm-hmm. the other kind of irrational fear is the one that causes us to make changes, that make choices and make decisions in our life that are not productive. We go to a place of shame and blame. We go to a place of trying to look out into a community to find some way for something, somebody to protect us. Mm-hmm. And we have all of the, we have the capacity to do it for ourselves and to figure out ways with our friends, our family, our loved ones to keep ourselves safe. We don't necessarily have to go to any extreme. And I think that's one of the things that's happening right now is that we are, as a society, because I think we're all to blame in some form or fashion in terms of not being sure about what it is that we need in our lives. And once we are clear about what is going to keep us safe, mm-hmm. what really we're afraid of and how to manage that fear, we can have open dialogues about what can we actually do. There's no mm-hmm. quick answer to any of it. I don't think just running out and, um, you know, blaming anybody, any area, any group of people is going to make us feel safe. For the moment, it may make us feel okay about spewing, but it's not mm-hmm. going to create any um, solutions. And I think that's where we're, what everybody probably wants is solutions, but because yes. we're so afraid that we're kind of spinning our wheels and just coming up well, with picking and choosing. Well, well, what we're doing is is now we are blaming students who have learning disabilities. Now we are blaming the gun laws. Now we are blaming the lack of school security. And what happens is, to your point, what happens is, particularly in the school environment, it plays out. It plays out daily. Uh, we just had a report of a sixth grader who brought a, a gun to the middle school. Because he was apparently operating out of fear. He thought that something was going to happen. There's been reported of, uh, I, I don't want to say, I want to say somewhere around 15 to 20 percent increase in gun sales as a result. Because now people are operating out of fear. Uh, there's a company that has really taken off their business because they're now selling bullets bulletproof backpacks and it's this fear component and i believe that we have to talk about it and we have to as you said how do we make our students how do we make our field children feel safe how, right. do, how do we do that we need to understand how it is that we are going to feel safe ah. instead of going through hysteria okay and, you know, we also have to be okay with the fact that there's no such thing as 100% safety. Mm-hmm. But we can create systems. We can create um, communities. We can create environments where we do feel safe. Um, and it is possible. It's realistic. I think one of the things that also happens when we are so afraid is that we begin to either mute ourselves or over overshare with our children. So there are kind of two different categories. There's the, there are parents and caregivers who aren't saying anything. 
and they're leaving their children to kind of figure it out on their sel- for themselves. And that's not the best approach, not mm-hmm. approach that I would advocate. But then there's the mm-hmm. other side, the other far side, where people are giving too much information to their children. So they uh-huh. are flooding their children with information and details and facts and statistics that's just creating more anxiety for their child or yes. even for their partner or their caregiver or their loved one. Mm-hmm. And so that is our own personal reaction that we need to work on. We need to figure out what it is that's happening for us hmm. so that oh, we can okay. better interact okay. with other people. So if, people. I'm hearing you, if I'm hearing you correctly, Kim, you're saying that as the adult, we've got to do the heavy lifting and look at how we're responding, try to figure out to get that in check as best we can, before we can actually start talking to our children. Is that is that what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Because how are we adults not afraid right now? Yes. How are we not concerned about our own safety? How are we not concerned about the safety of our children? How are we not concerned mm-hmm. about, you know, increase in violence? Well, you just said there was a 20% increase in gun sales, you yes. know, that for some people that could be scary because that can come to the place where everybody has a handgun. So everybody who's going through something in their lives has the opportunity to, you know, create mass destruction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a place of, you know, I think that's coming from a place of fear. Yes. Yes. And I, and I, and I agree with you and I was really moved by your commentary that you had on your show when you were saying how, People operate. They do. They operate. They make decisions based off of fear, off of ego, off of all the things that's driving them to make, unfortunately, the wrong decisions. And we really got to check in with ourselves in order for us to lead other individuals. Um, talk about briefly. We have about another th- two minutes. Talk talk about children that you've worked with in the past that have severely emotional issues who are in the schools right now do you do you think is it a tough time for them right now are they the center of of ridicule or are they getting looked at extra right now based on the kind of kids you've worked with well i haven't seen any children in the schools since this Mm -hmm. happened because most of the students right now in la county are on winter recess okay um and they're that started last friday However, I think in general, there is a stigma attached to students who have learning disabilities or different learning styles, as well Mm -hmm. as students who have mental health diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's obvious to the other students, just like it's obvious to us in society when we see somebody. But the thing that I think is the scariest for people, where fear is, is those people who have diagnoses and we don't know about. We don't know them. We can't see. We can't. There's no identifying mark on them that says they're about to commit some kind of crime. And the reason that that is is because that's not what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I said, which wasn't very popular with my family and friends, was all of us have mental health challenges. Depending on any given day, depending on what's happening in our lives, we can go through a depression because something's happening with us in terms of our careers, our relationships. We can go through depression because we've experienced grief and loss. Yes. We can go through anxieties because, you know, we are, have taken the wrong medication, and so we're having an anxiety attack or panic attack. We mm-hmm. all at any capacity to have a mental health diagnosis. 
one of the things that separates a person who's diagnosable from one who's not is just our ability to manage it, manage uh-huh. society. So you can be depressed and still go to work, but some people, they are so depressed that they can't get out of bed, uh-huh. that they're no longer interested in doing other things. And so I want to just be clear about the fact that just because People have a diagnosis, whether that's a learning difference or whether that's mental health or anything, that doesn't mean that they are a danger to society. And I think that's the other fearful thing is maybe lack of information, lack of exposure, lack of knowledge, or maybe it is us being in our own sense of denial. Yes. Because anybody listening can think of a time when they had some kind of emotional challenge and how they reacted to it. And the reaction was not necessarily to hurt somebody else. Right. And you're and you're at you are you are right on point. Uh, when we come back, we want to talk about those individuals and I'll talk about the what a lot of people call the special needs child. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about that. And I also want to talk about the iceberg activity, which I think is very, very helpful. Uh, this is Chalk Talk and we're on with special co-host tonight, Kim Fuller, who's giving us some good information. Uh, We'll take our second break, and we'll be back after a short moment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. It's time to take an amazing journey, a journey to gold. Join your host, CJ, every week as she introduces you to amazing people who are following their dreams and changing their lives with a new attitude. Hear from the stars who are stepping outside the box. Be sure to listen for the Dream Quest Challenge with Josie Pasentino, where you'll vote on the music of independent artists. Find out how you can be a part of this life-changing experience. Maybe we'll be talking to you on a future show. Journey to Gold is heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host, Jordan Kimmel, is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, I am joined with Kim Fuller, who is giving us some good information. We're responding to the tragedy in Connecticut. We're talking about as adults, how do we get ourselves together uh, in order to speak to our children? How do we address this issue? It's a difficult issue. Uh, there's a lot of things we're hearing in the media that, in my opinion, are actually confusing. It's making it difficult to do. We're operating from a place of fear. And according to Kim Fuller, when we operate out of a place of fear, we're not functioning at the highest level that we could. And we really need to, to, to think about what we're doing. A, a lot of people have made a lot of comments about special needs children. They've talked about kids who have learning disabilities. And, and Kim, while we were talking during the break, there's been a lot of misinformation that's being put out by a lot of the experts. And I feel really sad for a lot of kids right now who have learning disabilities, who have uh, personality disorders, who are now having to go to school, who are now having to be ridiculed by their peers, who are afraid. And a lot of this is coming from the media. And as a classroom teacher, and, and you sounds like you've worked with some of the same students that I have, is that there's a stigma that's attached. Yeah. And a lot of times those stigmas, not only are they attached in the classroom, but they also get attached in these individual education learning plans. And the educators come together, they talk, they go through a checklist did you see the student do this? Did you see the student do this? Because they're operating out of a place of fear. And what I've tried to do as an educator, I've had one young man who clearly had some emotional issues. He wore all black. He sat on the opposite side of room from everyone. He never engaged in any what I would call youthful conversations. He was extremely bright. He was articulate when he wanted to be. But everybody knew there was something different about him. And as a teacher, I had to do whatever I could to extend myself to let him know, as you talked about earlier, that he was safe, that I was not allow other students to make fun of him, to, to give him a voice in the classroom. And I developed a relationship with him. And I'm advocating for parents to do that as well. I'm advocating for teachers to do that. Teachers know those individuals that 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 have that. Um, what I'd like to know from you, Kim, from your time working with kids that you've seen in the IEP process, and could you tell us about, is there a stigma that's attached to those individuals? And again, what are they going through right now? There is definitely a stigma that's attached to a student who's gone through the IEP process and now then placed in a different kind of a learning environment so that they can succeed. Just the fact that they've gone through the process and are now placed in a different type of learning environment, that already creates, you know, a difference between them and other students. And I think that it's important for us to figure out ways to teach our children to be accepting. 
we all have differences. We're different. Just genetically, we are all different. I mean, there's no identical fingerprints, even on identical twins. And so differences should be um, embraced and cherished, and, and we should be more curious than we should be critical. And I think that some of that comes from, you know, youth being, you know, ignorant to differences. And some of that comes down from our parents, our culture, our spirituality, where we are taught that, you know, we want people to all fit into the same box. Some of the things that happens to children who are, you know, have different learning disabilities or have mental, diagnosed mental health issues in the school system is that they are ridiculed. They are um, separated out from other children. Sometimes they have trouble, you know, finding friends, finding a peer group, um, especially if they are put in a special education classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that happens when you're separated out, because all of us have a underlying desire, need, yearning to mm -hmm. be accepted, to be appreciated, to be loved, to be connected. We all have these underlying yearnings and needs. And if we're not getting those needs met, then we begin to hurt. Yes. And when we hurt, Sometimes we want to hurt others, and I think that might be one of the things to just remind people that when you're yeah. when you begin to hurt other people, what is it that's going on inside of you that you need to hurt somebody else? What kind of mm. hurts are you experiencing? And that's what I would want to challenge, ask, explore with the children who are beginning to ridicule other children, or even if it's coming from teachers. Unfortunately, I have to say I've seen some educational pro um, professionals not being the most compassionate with students who have learning challenges or who have yes. mental health, you know. And so yes. what's happening for them? What kind yes. of support, education, information do they need to heal themselves so that they can, you know, be loving, compassionate to the students? And and I, I agree with you, uh, Kim. I think you chose the, the appropriate word, uh, and that is compassion. That is compassion, and that, is, that compassion is where you can operate off of and you can make a point. Uh, I've, I've been in meetings where people have made comments that if I were the parent of that child, I would demand for that teacher to either be removed, sent through series of sensitivity training, right. or fired. Right. Because you're working with emotionally unstable children, and the last thing you want to do is to be a part of a process that ridicules them. Right. Uh, on my show, I talk about in elementary school, middle and high, how the social dynamics of how people engage gets intensified. So in middle school, and I talk to my high school students all the time, and they all tell you that all the stigmas that are attached in high school, all of the personality issues, everything those uh, negative images of themselves, they all start in middle school. And they'll tell you that middle school is that place where you're either, you either find out you're that popular child or you're that child that's not fitting in. And it's, it's, it's devastating. So one of the things that I, and you, you, you address the issue is, is, is getting our, our teachers, our special education coordinators, our advocates, all those folks who are rallying around kids all the time, we've got to have some compassion with them. And we've got to realize that just because a child is dressed differently 
just because a child has some some obvious issues that there's a space for them because perhaps if we can work with that maybe we would find ourselves to be in a different position with some children and and I wonder and and again I don't want to get into a lot of the specifics with this case because it's ongoing there's a lot of questions that we still have but I know that population right and it sounds like you know that population as well um before we go to our break, I'd like for you to talk about because I made you made a reference to the iceberg activity, and yeah. I'm very familiar with the iceberg activity. I heard you make reference to it on your show. We have about three minutes. We'll take a break and then we'll we'll come back and address it. But give us just an intro as to why you think that is so effective, not only for children but for adults as well. And then we'll go through the activity. <laughs> okay, so. The iceberg exercise is an opportunity for us to look at what our behaviors are and then begin to see the feelings that are associated, the perceptions, the beliefs, the expectations, and then our underlying yearning and needs we all have as human beings. And the reason it's called an iceberg is because the concept of an iceberg, if you visualize it, what's floating above the water is probably a small mass of ice. But below the waterline, the ice begins of an iceberg begins to expand and it is a mass underneath. And so the little thing at top, the behaviors, those are the things that we are easy to identify. Other people see just, a, and it's kind of like a parallel. So the, the top is just a little bit that we show the society. The feelings, perceptions, beliefs that go on underneath the water are the things that we try to keep hidden, but those are the things that are fueling our behaviors. And so if you look at an iceberg from that perspective, you can see how getting into underneath the waterline is the part that where we can implement change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for us to begin at that place. Yes, I think you are absolutely correct. Um, and we, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about what you just said and we'll play it out in the classroom. So we'll, we'll talk about what does it look like in the classroom and then <clears throat> as a parent, as a teacher, as a therapist, what do we look for that's, that's the larger part of the ice, iceberg? And, and we'll, we'll get back to that. We're going to take a break now. Uh, I am joined with Kim Fuller. We're talking about how do we talk to our children about violence in our society. We're going to hold for a break, and we'll be back shortly. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and will discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. 
Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Uh, Welcome back to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton uh, with Kim Fuller, and we're talking about how to talk to children about violence in our society. We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about as parents, one, we need to check in with ourselves. We need to find out what, what, how do we feel about it, come to some sense of resolution, and then we proceed to, to physically talk about to allow children to have their space, give them their ability to communicate their feelings and emotions. Uh, we've got to learn how to not to manage out of a place of fear. And now what we're doing is we're actually looking at, uh, between the breaks, Kim and I were talking about how in her line of work, my line of work, basically we're doing the same thing, but we're doing them at different times. So as a classroom teacher, my job is to identify behaviors. I'm, my, I, I have to identify behaviors that, as Kim says, is above the waterline. And then once they get to her, she goes beyond the waterline and begins to look at why people are doing what they're doing. You may say, hey, Eric, why is that relevant? How is that relevant now? Well, if you're if we're trying to address this issue and if schools are places where people come together, communities come together, if you are an educator, one of the responsibilities is not only just to teach content, not only to grade, but you're also dealing with human beings. And we're also asked to look at behaviors and to report what we what we can. Uh, Kim is going to take us through what happens below the waterline. So we were talking about the waterline. Uh, what happens below that, Kim? Well, I want to start off by saying the behavior, which is the part that's sticking above the water. One of the I went to a training on trauma and how to address trauma reactions in children in the school. And one of the things that the facilitator of the training said that really stuck with me, she said, all behavior is communication. So even though we're not quite sure what it is that's happening below the waterline for us, our behaviors are already telling us 
they're showing it out to the community, they're showing it into the classrooms, they're showing it in mental health, they're showing it in some way, form, or fashion. And so I think we need to start with remembering that all of our behavior is communication. And if you think of that for your own self, when you have some kind of a blaming or yes. um, defensive reaction, yes. what is happening for you? So typically the feeling is right underneath the waterline and you're feeling, maybe you're feeling um, dismissed or challenged or um, unappreciated. You're having some kind of a feeling that's causing mm-hmm. that behavior. And then under mm-hmm. that, it talks about, I think, what is it that you believe has, is happening? What are your perceptions that are happening around that? Are you now internalizing, I'm unlovable, I'm not that smart, people are going to figure out what's going on with me, mm-hmm. you know, are we, what kind of expectations do we have of the other person to just know what it is that we're feeling? Yes. Know what it is that we're experiencing. And so we're also below the waterline is what is it that you're expecting of yourself? Because that would be the should. I should be able to figure this out. I should be smarter. I should be faster. I should be richer. And then there's all the shoulds for the other people. My spouse, my partner, my teacher, my therapist should know that I'm hurting right now, but we're not talking about it. And I think underneath all of those, the perceptions, the beliefs, the expectations, the assumptions that we're making is our underlying yearning, that we all have this underlying yearning. And it typically is a yearning to be connected, accepted, loved, appreciated, understood, heard. You were talking about one of your students in middle school who, you know, dressed differently. He kind of was in, like, his own little world is kind of how you described it. Yes. What if his underlying yearning was just to be understood, was just to be accepted that he is different and just Mm -hmm. love him as he is? And maybe the external behaviors were saying, you know, just love me. I have such a strong desire to express myself in this way, but I want to be accepted. Absolutely. And sometimes we just need to ask the question. And 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 parents, and, and again, my show is 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 consist of my target audience is consist of parents. So when I hear you say that, how that translates in the classroom is simply I'm not fitting in with the rest of the kids. And we've talked about on this show that in middle school is where it all starts. It all, it all starts in that very formative age where the body's going through changes, hormones are going through changes. And at that point, all of those things that you heard Kim just talk about is what's going on in the mind of a middle school student. By the time they get to high school, that image of themselves, that negative image of themselves, or that positive image of themselves, or this inflated image, that's when it all comes to play. And that's when the anger and the resentment. So that young man that I made reference to, he had a, what I would call, he was mildly, uh, he had a mild uh, behavior disorder. I think it might have been Tourette's um, there was some issue that he struggled with because he was he basically spent most of his time fighting against himself because he, he was afraid his body was going to do something. And, and, and imagine living in that type of of, of fear all the time. God, My job as a teacher and what I am advocating, it sounds like what you're advocating and we're on the same page. When we're dealing with young people who are going through emotional issues, try to allow some space for them to be themselves be on the lookout for what's below the waterline. Who knows how many 
children have been changed in America because of the resentment, the anger of not fitting in only for someone, whether it be a teacher, a parent, a therapist, a coach, a principal, whomever, whomever. It doesn't matter. Someone took the time to go below the waterline to address what you talked about, Kim, and that is that desire to want to connect and want to be a part of something. And that's why I brought you or asked you to be on the show because this is a very difficult topic. It requires some someone with what I would call a background, uh, a real-life background of experience. There's the theory that you learn in school, and then there's the reality of it. And I, I really advocate uh, for my listening audience to, to go on to Kim's website, and Kim, I'll let you talk about that, and then we'll we'll part for the show. So tell us, if we want to know more about you, where can we find information about you? Okay, so you can find more information about me at my website, which is fullerlifeconcepts.com. That's F-U-L-L-E-R-L-I-F-E-C-O-N-C-E-P-T-S.com. Hope I spelled that right. Um, <laughs> you did. You can also... Um, I also have a Twitter account, which is Kim Fuller Life, so you can send me a message on Twitter and I will respond, um, as well as an email account. And my email address is Kim at FullerLifeConcepts.com. I thank you, Kim. Uh, I thank you for being on the show. Uh, I usually sh- uh, close my show out by, again, thanking everyone who uh, listen, uh, who takes the time every week to to take time out of their busy schedule to tune in and listen to what we have on this show. I try to keep the show timely. I try to address issues and bring on what I would call very competent and capable individuals who can bring hands-on information for you. Parents, you, again, have an incredible responsibility to address every day with raising your child. We are in the midst of a a serious issue in America, and that's fear. And I believe that until we can address this fear, we're constantly going to manage from a place where we are responding. And I know that we live difficult lives. I know that we are juggling many different things. I just say go out, make use of the resources that you have, help a child, be that person, be that change agent for someone who's in need of help because you may actually save a life. And I thank all those listeners. And until next week, go out and be empowered. Do something positive for your school and your community. Thanks for joining me. Thank you again for joining us for Chalk Talk. Please join Eric Hamilton again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more of everything that parents should know about school. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.